1: talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Mark from Rams Up here. Episode 249 of Rams Up, and we have the second half of that discussion. Tom Kortz and the guys from the Horseshoe Huddle, the Colts podcast, Andrew Moore and Drake Wally. Yesterday's episode, they talked about the Colts offense versus this Rams defense, the second half of this conversation, primarily about the Rams' offense against this Colts defense. Good stuff coming up here in a second. Before we move on, we do have a couple of news items to share with you. Foremost among them, Tyler Higby, the Rams' longtime tight end, has signed a two-year extension. A 2016 fourth-round pick out of Western Kentucky. He is Already the Rams' all-time leading receiver at tight end. He's the 16th all-time leading receiver as a Ram. If he picks up another 1,000 yards, he's going to pass up Stephen Jackson, Harold Jackson, Bob Boyd, Marshall Falk. It's going to be tough for him to break into the top 10. He'd have to pass up Jim Benton and Robert Woods as well. Hey, well, I find this surprising, remember the Rams traded for Hunter Long. They drafted Davis Allen. And they have been pumping up Bryson Hopkins as one of the most improved players. I still love me some Tyler Higby. I love how tough he is. Often overlooked. Underrated. Higby a ram for two more years. Now now the other part of the news is Tyler Higby's actually questionable for this Colts game. He was limited on Friday. Ben Skalronik also listed as questionable, as well as Lyric Jackson. I think Jackson is probably the one most likely to miss this game with that hamstring injury. Pukunokua was a full participant, as was Joseph Nopum. And maybe we're going to see Kevin Dotson activate it for this game. And maybe if Jackson can't go, the thought is maybe they move Nopum over to left tackle and plug Ankrum or Dotson in at right guard. The Colts had some injury concerns of their own, probably more significant than the Rams. Center Ryan Kelly is out. Guard Quinton Nelson is questionable. And a couple other offensive linemen dinged up as well. Anthony Richardson is good to go. Defensive tackle DeForest Buckner questionable. So both teams come in a little banged up. I think the Colts injuries are a little more significant. But hey, the Rams, after what happened with their offensive line last week, Hopefully they can fix that left tackle position if Alaric Jackson can't go. And we haven't forgotten about our game picks. Matt and I will come back with that before the Sunday morning games, either late Saturday or Sunday morning. We'll get that to you for sure. Next up, Tom and the Horseshoe Huddle Guys.
2: Let's go ahead and dive right into uh, talking about this Rams offense versus uh, a Colts defense that has been pretty hot to start the season as well. Want to highlight the super chat we got just a little bit ago from the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for all of your support, brother. Uh, he says the Colts front seven is twice the squad as Cincinnati, so if the Rams had so much trouble with that, they better get ready for Grover, the guard butcher, and it's that's such a great name for for you Patrick. Yeah, no, I think I think Zach Hicks actually came our colleague Zach Hicks of Horsiodo came up with Grover, the guard butcher. So nice. uh, we'll need to talk to Zach about that. But but Tom, what do you think? I, I want to hear uh, what, what you, you were talked about how when when the starting left tackle for the Rams went out, that's when things started to go downhill, kind of explain what happened in that game against Cincinnati. And, and what is your level of, of trust in this in this offensive line for the Rams?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we still don't know if Alaric Jackson is uh, is going to be back. This is a guy who was a UDFA uh, backup uh, for the last couple of years. Um, and last year with all the Rams, uh, played a lot last year and then got hurt. Um, like all, you know, 16 of our offensive linemen got hurt, um, literally. And uh, so, but, you know, this year they opened it up. And even though we paid Joseph Nopeum, uh, uh you know, $40 million over three to be our left uh uh, uh tackle, uh, um, then uh, he didn't win the job. He lost the job out to Alaric Jackson. So no boom went to right guard. Um, he was out for a couple of plays, but he, went. he came back, he's fine. But we don't know if Alaric Jackson's there. When he came out, Zach Thomas went in just a light, you know, kind of a lifer backup and kind of won that backup um, swing role. And uh, he just was, he just was a turnstile over there and couldn't get things together. But in terms of, you know, if we get, if we get this thing solidified, my guess is that they'll put um, no boom back on the left side and pull in uh, Tremaine Ingram um, who was really vying for that right guard position as well. So we'll be fine. Uh, I think, okay. On the offensive line, um, even without Jackson, if they put the people in the right positions, which I think they will. Um, and, but, you know, just in terms of the offensive threat, uh, at least down in the trenches down there, um, you know, Kyron Williams, you uh, with Cam Akers being essentially let go for next for nothing, um, and a pick swap, a seventh and a sixth pick swap, you know, next to nothing. Um, Kyron Williams is now the lead back. He's playing really well. He didn't get as many carries as the Ram fans would have liked last week, but um, Cincinnati was really uh, loading up the box, and so, uh, but but Stafford was um, kind of carving them up um, uh, in the uh, pass game and uh, stalled out on third downs. Um, and until the last touchdown in the fourth quarter, we uh, uh 0 for 10 or 0 for 9 or 0 for 10 on third down. Just amazing, um, uh, amazing that that had happened that way. But, um, yeah, so, you know, the offense has been looking good. The uh, And, uh, yeah, I figure I think our run game, if we run it and commit to it, can do well. Um, but we'll have to see It'll, it. Just, the Rams really do uh, depend, you know, really do shape their offensive strategy. McVay shapes his offensive strategy on what the defense gives them. And um, so, yeah, it could be run heavy, could be pass heavy, depending on what the Colts do.
2: Patrick, thank you so much, buddy, for the super chat. As always, you are one of our biggest, if not our biggest supporter for this show. Really, really appreciate it. But uh, I I, – from, from being in Indiana Notre Dame country uh, I think a lot of us are familiar with Kyron Williams game and and uh, the how he performed uh, here in South Bend I certainly am my wife see he my wife is born and raised in South Bend I'm a big Notre Dame fan myself um, and and he can certainly do some damage uh, to this colt to this Colts defense if if holes can be made uh, but Drake I I want to ask you I mean this 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 Colts defense has been on a roll 12 sacks already this season on pace to get 68 for the year, which would blow the old the Colts franchise record out of the water. Uh, it seems like uh DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, uh, or you can rely on them every single week. Quitty Pay has taken that next step. We're we're starting to see Samson Ebicom come into his own, like we talked about, he possibly could. Uh, this this Colts defensive line has been eating all season. Do you do you see that continuing this weekend against the Rams?
3: I, I think that they have a chance to just because of, of the off, we'll call it the offensive line woes of the Rams. Because let's face it, you know, Andrew, you and I were talking about the offensive line woes for, woes for the Colts last year. So mm-hmm. each team can run into this. And so, unfortunately, for the Rams, it's the same case. We saw what they did to Houston and we saw what they did against a complete offensive line in Jacksonville. So I think that Stafford does have some some reason to worry. But here's the thing. While he has been sacked seven times, that's about 2.3 a game, and he, he has thrown a lot of interceptions for just his first three games. The thing is, I'm actually going to the Colts' secondary. Stafford, the way that he has connected out of nowhere with Nakua, with Atwell, it's something to behold and and Tyler Higby and any given any given down can be a threat he's really not talked about ever which is a shame he set career re- career highs last season even with the Rams struggling so they still have weapons and I do think Stafford is still a great quarterback I think that he can really play against an inexperienced defensive secondary that's still finding their footing but look if he can't get the ball out quick, And if that offensive line can't give him at least some protection, I don't think the run game is going to matter. And I think Stafford could struggle. So I think think at the end of the day, this is going to be somewhat of a defensive battle from both teams. But I do think that for the Rams to succeed offensively, they have to address right away DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart because everything else will just fall apart if those two get through.
2: And, and Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but it seems like in the past Matthew Stafford has really struggled, and like most quarterbacks, uh, really struggles when pressure comes right up the middle, right in his face. It seems like that is what may, maybe Stafford tries to force things a little bit and might may, may give the op, the defense some opportunity for for interceptions. Is has that been the case uh, thus far? And how's that? You ta- know, you talked about the tackles, but what about the interior of the of the defense of the offensive line for the Rams? because the the Colts' defensive line, it starts in the middle, obviously, with DeForest Buckner and and Grover Stewart. Those are the guys that the Rams are really going to have to focus on first and and make sure they contain. Otherwise, they're going to be in Stafford's face all day. Yeah, I
0: mean, the the Rams really made a a concerted effort to uh, bulk up the interior of their offensive line this year. We drafted our first pick in the second round, Steve Avila, um, has come in and he's just a beast. He's he's he, he's I he's he's the best, definitely the best rookie offensive lineman. Um, and uh, he's playing, you know, he's playing fantastic. He's probably our most consistent offensive lineman right now. Um, period. Uh, Coleman Shelton is, who beat who beat out Brian Allen, who was also a paid guy, a guy who got a second contract, beat him out, and he hasn't seen the field yet and um joseph noboom who was again is our 40 million dollar man who was supposed to be our left tackle playing right guard so yeah the interior is uh, is is super strong we got rob havenstein is a uh you know a very uh seasoned veteran on the right at the right tackle kind of a, one of those top right tackles that you don't hear a lot about and then we talked about the left tackle situation so the line is actually pretty solid it's the depth that's a that's a question mark which we obviously experienced last week and um so if those guys can stay healthy I think we'll be okay, but uh, yeah, definitely in the in the center in the middle three, there's a uh, there's a lot more. Uh, I think it's up about 20 pounds per person in there, and um, a lot more talent than we've had uh, the last couple of years, even in the Super Bowl year.
2: And that, that that could be one of the big difference makers uh, for this game is how are they going to protect uh, uh, Matthew Stafford. We got another super chat from Patrick. This is a question for Tom saying, which place is better, St. Louis or Los Angeles uh, for the Rams? Were, did you, were you a big fan of, of, of the Rams while they were in St. Louis? Did you like the move? Uh, give us your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit of an OG here. So um, I was a fan of the Rams. Before they left uh, L.A., I was a fan of the Rams. Nice. Um, you know, it's kind of getting with them where, right when they moved to Orange County, which, you know, is kind of a different world from from L.A. And then the Raiders kind of came in and took over L.A. Um, and but I stuck with the Rams and then they moved to St. Louis again, stuck with the Rams and uh, just so thrilled that they had come back, um, you know. But it is like a uh, uh, it is like an expansion team because everybody, most of the fans. You know, half of them left when they moved to Orange County and another half left when they went to St. Louis. And maybe 5%, 10% of them stuck around um, through that transition. And uh, the, the other big blow was when they came to L.A. from St. Louis. A lot of St. Louis fans gave up on them because of how terribly they left St. Louis, and rightly so. I mean, really, and then ended up paying the piper for that, um, for sure, when St. Louis won the lawsuit or they settled it. But, um, yeah, so it's just been a really uh, degradation of the fan base. Um, in L.A., we're probably the – the third or fourth most popular NFL team, which is, you know, the only place in the in the in the country by far that you could even say that, right? We have more Dallas fans, probably, definitely more Raider fans, um, you know, uh, and so forth. So, uh, um, and then, it's, so yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Um, we're definitely when we're at home, um, we're still, you know, with the big fan bases like San Francisco or or like uh, uh, the Steelers or or somebody like that, or Dallas comes into town. It's, uh, you know, we're doing silent counts in our own uh, in our own house. So it's not a good situation. But that Super Bowl helped. And uh, we're just trying to rebuild the fan base. So but anyway, the bottom line is, yeah, L.A. all the way for me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I I would have liked for them to stay in St. Louis. I, it feels like it, it was more uh, uh, of a uh, a football atmosphere, definitely with the fans there. seems like there were more diehards in St. Louis. Maybe that'll change over time. But thanks a lot, Patrick, for your super chat. Again, really, really appreciate it. And then Stats Matt would like to pass along a message. Thanks for the Rams <laughs> letting Matt Gay walk to the Colts because, hey, Matt Gay making history, uh, NFL Ooh. history, last week and, and willing the Colts to a win in Baltimore uh we were uh, we were certainly grateful for that
0: 450 plus yard uh field goals is that is that what it was yeah Um, yeah yeah I mean he got he we picked him up off the scrap heap right from uh Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. and um and he just came in and just performed fantastically for two (laughs) years and uh and then he got paid last year and the Rams were in salary cutting mode so it wasn't like the Rams didn't love Matt Gay but it was just you know hey we're we're going to get rid of uh you know uh Leonard we're going to get rid of Ramsey and we're going to get rid of all these guys right uh Wagner and you know the list goes on and on and on um then Mackay, you know isn't going to keep isn't going to keep the spot and get paid either so but yeah I'm glad love to see him doing well um uh, uh Ebicom, same thing right you
2: know uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: he, he's had a great he's had a, a couple of uh he had a great game last week and um another uh shout out to michael pittman jr right from my hometown and uh thousand oaks he went to oaks christian and um mm-hmm. the big performer there so yeah oh, fo- guys that you know always follow the guys that that moved on from your own team or guys from your home you know from your hometown so
2: Yeah, it's it's great to see. I mean, obviously Matt Gay, biggest free agent uh, contract for a kicker in NFL history has already earned every penny of that uh, and then you, you talk about Samson Ebukam, who is a guy that I think could be a, a, a strong player for the Colts for, for years to come and Michael Pittman's looking at a, a big contract extension coming up and hopefully he is with the Colts long term as well uh, but let's let's get back on on track here talking about this yeah. game before we, we kind of talk about give our predictions uh, for, for Sunday's matchup uh, we talked about matthew stafford just a little bit but that 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 really could be an area that that the rams exploit again this secondary for the colts is is young uh kenny moore has been playing back to kenny moore levels we saw juju Brents uh in his first game last week play pretty well but going up against matthew stafford a guy that can if given time can really pick any defense apart so so drake how concerned are you about this about this young secondary for the Colts going up against Matthew Stafford
3: well i i am concerned to a degree because i i just trust stafford's arm i trust his like connection with the game and just his his veteran leadership of that team when he got brought in brought on with sean mcveigh completely changed the dynamic of the los angeles rams they go and win a super bowl so i still trust matt stafford i will say though that uh nakua and atwell look they have been playing out of their freaking minds okay but they also like the Colts secondary are still young and we did see nakua back off a little bit from that absolutely torrid start i think he had 25 catches through two games which set an nfl record i mean that's just that's bonkers in fact i think on your guys' show you even mentioned that he was compared um to debo samuel so it's like that's that's really scary to think that matt stafford's got that in cooper cup when he comes back so i do think that that could give issues to the Colts secondary, but I do think that that defensive, that defensive front is going to give issues to Stafford. So if this, if the Colts secondary can just try to continue to do what Cincinnati did, and that is just limit the big plays and the volume from Nakua. And then you're going to put more of the focus on Higby and Atwell. Now I'm not saying Atwell can't play as well as Nakua, but I do think that Nakua is going to be a star at some point in this league. So I think if they can just contain them, they give themselves the best chance to win, but it's all going to be up to that defensive front for the Colts.
2: Nakua still tied for the league lead in receptions with Keenan Allen as a rookie. Uh and and Tom, what makes Puka Nakua just so deadly? Is it is it is he doing anything special? Is it just his his route running and his ability to get open? Give us some insight into into a wide receiver that that we we kind of liked coming out of the draft, but did not see this coming.
0: Yeah, Puka Nakua, um, you know, ever, most people know he was drafted out of BYU. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: but he went to – he started his career at University of Washington. And when he was at University of Washington as receivers coach with a guy named Junior Adams. Now, Junior Adams, prior to going to University of Washington, was a receivers coach at Eastern Washington University for one Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that have this, this shared lineage of this, of this really, you know – I won't say legendary yet, but they're very you know well-known receivers coach, right for for how they run routes. So they both learned under the same guy. Then Nukua comes in, and uh, and a lot of people heard this because it was you know sort of the folklore of the Super Bowl and Stafford and Cup and all that, you know and his triple crown year. But those guys, Stafford and Cup, um, get together for breakfast at the facility before anyone gets there and before they start um, uh, before they start practice like three four times a week and um nobody really had ever asked to join them when well, nakua came in and said hey can i join you guys you know kind of wondering ah, are they gonna let me or not and he said yeah come on in so um he sits there and he does he runs film and works with those guys and uh and then the, the last probably piece of the puzzle is that uh cup goes out you know goes down in in camp right with his injury and next thing you know nakua is getting all the reps with stafford in camp at that at the at that at in cups position And so, you know, it's just in in those are the routes that that cup was so prolific in. So all of those things put together, you know, add up to a fifth round draft pick, um, you know, leading the league in
2: receptions. Pretty awesome to see, and and he certainly lit the league on fire, and and that work ethic you you talk that's what all the greats have. So uh, it could be pretty scary once once where this Rams offense when when Cooper Cup is back and fully healthy, having both those guys on the field at the same time. Um, so so let's let's do this. Let's give let's each give an X factor uh, for this weekend's matchup. Drake, I want to give you an X factor. Uh, you give an X factor from the Colts, and Tom, go ahead. Give us an X factor for the Rams that you think is going to decide, really possibly decide the outcome of this game, uh, Drake. I'll have you go first.
3: So mine's mine's kind of a lazy answer, but answer, but it's Anthony Richardson. I think that with this added dynamic of athleticism that the Rams haven't seen I mean I do think that in his first year he's going to it, it's the prime time for him to take NFL defenses by surprise I think that I mean the Texans did not right out of the gate did not have any idea what the heck to do with this guy so not saying that the Rams are the Texans because they're not but I do think that he is going to elevate the level of the offense I think he's going to elevate how high they can go and I do think that um, even though yes Minshew could hit those short little underneath throws and be accurate I still think Richard. Is going to really give the offense the best chance to score the most points.
2: Tom, who's your X factor? Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact, or 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 possibly change the outcome of this game on Sunday?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Kyron Williams, and um, the reason is that I mean he's done he's he's actually performed very consistently when he has gotten some t- when he has gotten his touches he had. You know, two touchdowns each of the first two games. Um, they were running the ball in the red zone. Uh, I think they'll get back to that. Uh, but the, the the biggest thing is um, he's really good at pass pro. I think he's going to help a lot picking guys up. That you know we've talked a lot about uh, RO line against your D, against your pressure. Um, I think that he'll help there. But I think the biggest thing is this. He he's probably uh, responsible for last week's loss. Um, he he was not. Uh, in the right place when Stafford checked down to him, when Stafford was getting pressure, he wasn't Stafford was leading him and he was stopping and he was turning the wrong way. And he dropped a ball on a huge third down conversion in the red zone, just threw his hands, just looked away from it. And, um, but so I think, I think that Stafford, you talked earlier about, about uh, pressure up the middle and what Stafford's doing. Stafford's dropping it off to Williams, who as an outlet in those situations. And, um, and Kyron did not come through and uh I mean they they never named his name but you could tell they were all talking about it in the um uh you know in the in the in the uh press conferences and stuff like that so uh he was crying in the locker room after the game and took full responsibility for the loss so he stepped up you know he manned up um I not feel like those guys are going to work on that timing a lot this week um they haven't been able to Cam Akers has gotten all the first rep touches right and he just gets Cam Akers is gone. Next thing you know, here's Kyron, and uh, so they haven't had a lot of work together. I think it's going to be Kyron Williams for all of those reasons.
2: And I think I think that's a good pick because if the Colts can't stop that, the Rams will probably continue to move the chains. And and the biggest guy in order to do that, my X factor is to force Buckner, uh, I, a guy that has proven over and over again to just ruin quarterbacks' day with that pressure right up the middle did Buckner's dealing with a little bit of a groin injury, which I think could, could be depending on the severity of it, I think could be massive. I don't think Buckner is going to miss the game because that's just not what Buckner does. But if, if DeForest Buckner has a big game and can really put pressure on, on Matthew Stafford, I think it's going to be tough for this Rams offense to get going. So DeForest Buckner is my X factor. Uh, I, I do think regardless, it's going to be a really, really close matchup. And here's where we get to our predictions for the evening. Obviously, as of as of just a little bit ago, where I checked DraftKings, Rams are one-point favorites over the Colts in Lucas Oil Stadium. Tom, you have the floor first. Who do you got on Sunday? Let's get give us a reason, give us a team, a reason why, and then your score prediction. Rams, Colts, Sunday at one o'clock Eastern.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be a uh I think it's gonna be a three-point game, just like our both of our games were were last week. I think it's gonna be really close. I do think the Rams are going to come out on top. Um, I'm going to go 23-20, uh, and uh, I feel like the Rams um, should have won that game. They really, and uh, watching back the all 22, um, they really, they really should have beat the Bengals. There was, uh, you know, I, I hate, I hate calling out the refs, but Tutu got held all game long. I mean, there's one where his jersey's out like this, <laughs> and uh, um, he's quick, and and Stafford's looking for him, but. Um, uh, I just feel like the Rams, um, you know, played better than the Bengals last week. And I feel like, so I'm not really banging them on that. Um, they just unfortunate on the third down conversions and whatnot. Uh, so I feel like they're playing well. Um, and, uh, and like you, you know, really should be two and one. Um, and I just feel like they're going to make the adjustments with Kyron. Uh, I think they'll make the adjustment on the offensive line that needs to be made if, if Jackson can't go. And, uh, so I think it'll be super close. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, with Richardson also, we don't know, right? I mean, quarterback changes in the middle of the games, not the best thing. And, uh, but you do have probably the best backup in the league. I'll give you that.
2: All right. Tom's on the Rams 23 to 20 Drake. Where do you stand for Sunday's matchup?
0: So I, I do think
3: that the run that the Rams' run defense is going to force Richardson to to be on his toes. I do think his mobility though is going to still open up the offense uh, just enough to constantly uh, stay competitive and stay close. I do think that Stafford is going to be pressured often by the Indianapolis Colts, and I, I actually don't. I actually disagree. I don't think Williams is going to have the ground game that maybe he'll want to have. But I do think that Stafford's veteran presence. I still think he's great. I really do. I still think he can make things happen. I don't think the Colts secondary is going to be able to be enough. So I actually – I changed my score a little bit, Andrew, but I'm going to – it's going to be a little crazy, but I think it's going to be 27-24
2: Rams. 27-24 Rams. So you're all on the Rams. I'm not. (laughs) I'm on the Colts this weekend. I I think the Colts are – I think the Colts really match up well with this Los Angeles Rams team, uh, the Colts offensive line has been really dominating, and we talk about the the Rams up front; they're not as great as they as they used to be, and 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 the the they have some issues on the offensive line. Where this Colts defensive line in this front seven is really really hot right now, so I think it is going to be a battle in the trenches. I think having Anthony Richardson back really opens things up for this offense, where. Gardner Minshew just simply makes this team too too predictable so I'm going to go with the exact same score Drake did but flip the teams I'm going Colts 27 Rams 24 who knows maybe we get another game winning kick from Matt Gay a Matt Gay revenge game in Lucasville <laughs> Stadium, and I think we're talking about Colts being 3-1 and one at the quarter mark of the season. So either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. It's definitely going to be a dogfight. These two teams, while there isn't a, a rivalry, these two teams just just play hard all the time and and they've got superstars all all around especially in those trenches. So, it's going to be a really really fun matchup to watch. So, as we kind of wrap up talking about the game here, let's let's take a look at the at the injury report here. Uh just give us an update on that. So, for the Colts uh today Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly both again practiced in full. They're on their way back. Both of those guys are expected to clear concussion protocol if they haven't done so already and will be starting on sunday dallas flowers had a back issue but he's been practicing in full the guys that haven't been practicing but i do expect them both to play quentin nelson still dealing with that toe injury he really hasn't practiced but he hasn't missed a single snap because of it and as i mentioned DeForest buckner with that groin injury has not practiced this week either drake any of those uh uh, injuries really concern you at all
3: No, I mean, we've been talking about how Quentin Nelson kind of does this. He doesn't really practice till the end of the week or, you know, he's always ready on Sunday. They just really need to be absolutely sure that, you know, one of the best offensive linemen that they have is is ready to go. So I'm not worried about that. And the same goes for Buckner. These are maintenance issues and they're just making sure that they're absolutely 100% ready to go for the real snaps and they don't want to risk anything during practice.
2: Exactly, and let's move to the to Rams injury report, and, and Tom, uh, it looks like, again, for the second straight day, it looks like Tyler Higby and Beg Skoranek didn't practice with Achilles injuries, uh, and then the offensive lineman Al- Al- Alaric, is that how you say his first name? Yeah, Alaric Jackson, yeah. uh, with a, dealing with a hamstring. He also did not practice, uh, but guys that were full participants today include Joe Noteboom, as you talked about, uh, the right guard, and Puka Nakua, who was dealing with maybe a little bit of an obl- Leak injury practiced in full. So, what do you think the outlooks are for the guys that haven't practiced this week so far? And Tyler Higby, uh, Alaric Jackson, and Ben Skoranek, another Notre Dame guy.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Skoronek, um got a lot of snaps last year. He's, you know, he's kind of our fourth, number four receiver this year. Uh, comes in, does a lot of blocking and so forth. So, he would be missed a little bit. Um, Higby would be missed a lot, uh, although Bryson Hopkins, our backup, has played very well and uh and so uh yeah that would be interesting um higby's really does lend uh, does bring a big blocking presence as much as he is a nice little outlet and, and sort of uh stafford always knows where he is so we'll see there um i don't think they're gonna mess around depends you know those those achilles soreness or it's it can go either way right if they feel like it's a real threat they're not gonna you know they're not gonna play him but so we're not really sure about that jackson's the one that's really the big issue right or you know your left tackle the guy that won the job, that continuity on the offensive line is so critical. And to put no boom back out there after he just hasn't gotten a ton of snaps, even in preseason, it's been all Jackson. Um, and he looks, and no boom looks so good at, uh, at right guard. Um, you know, it, moving two pieces around like that would be, it would be detrimental. So I don't think um, Jackson's going to go. I think, uh, I think they're just not going to risk a hamstring and, and really making it worse. So um, I but I think that's what's going to happen. So I think that the, uh, the two people to watch as this week goes on are Jackson, who I do not expect to go this weekend, and Higby, who I think will go. Um, he's probably being rested as a veteran. You know, those veteran guys, if there's any any issues at all, they get the rest. So that's what I think is going to happen.
2: Certainly some big injuries to watch on both sides as both teams go into their final practice of the week uh, tomorrow on Friday, uh, and then we'll get the final injury reports tomorrow afternoon. So our last thing for tonight's episode with the latest Colts news and rumors actually has to do with former Los Angeles Ram Matt Gay. So, this really isn't much of a surprise Colts fans, but Matt Gay was named AFC Special Teams Player of the Week mm-hmm. this week uh, for his we're going 5-for-5 five five on field goals, 16 points overall, and the first kicker in NFL history to hit four field goals from over 50 yards. Just an incredible performance from, from Matt Gay, Drake, and and as as we kind of talked about on Monday and a piece I wrote on, on Sunday night, Matt Gay was pretty much the catalyst for the scoring for the Colts and and really drug this team to a win. Oh, Drake, can't hear you. First time ever. I <laughs> am very good about that. Um,
3: but look, man, he, he proved the contract was worth it. I know a lot of people sneered at it, and they were like, that's ridiculous. Why would you pay a guy? Well, hey, you know what? When it's a grimy game, when it's bad weather like that and you're in someone else's stadium, you need a kicker like Matt Gay. And so I think that he went out there and he showed his worth, basically won the game for the Colts. So give him all the credit in the world.
2: Definitely. And he's a great guy too. Great to have him on the Colts. And, and finally, we can we can rely on a kicker after so many years of, of kicking issues since the great Adam Vinatieri hung up his cleats. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate Tom coming on to give us uh, uh, some expert opinions on this Los Angeles Rams teams for what is sure to be a fantastic game between the two squads at Lucas Oil Stadium want to give a quick shout out to our super chats of the evening. My beautiful wife, Danielle, uh, Logan Schmidt, and the CFO of, of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye. Uh, thank you all so much for all your super chats and for everybody else that, uh, that joined us this evening to have this fun conversation. And before you guys go, I want you all to make sure you go on X and go follow at Rams Beat. Give Tom a follow. Uh, does excellent work uh, on the Rams podcast uh for fans first sports network you can check out the Los Angeles Rams page on fansfirstsports.com tom we really really appreciate you coming on here and and talking Colts Rams with us
0: yeah it was great to be here with you guys and uh, looking forward to a great game this week I'm again like i said in the opening it, yeah, i'm so thrilled that both of the teams are overperforming and and having so many sort of breakout performances by so many guys and uh, it just uh it it is fun to see it was it was supposed to be sort of this down, you know, five, six win year. And, and uh, you know, it still might be. But the, the the way that so many of these rookies are performing, I mean, I didn't mention that the Rams had 14 draft picks. Um, yeah, you hear so much about F them picks, but it's really F them <laughs> first and second round picks. Right. Uh, there's 14 draft picks in all 14, 14 guys made the 53, all 14 of them. That's an NFL record and uh, ties an NFL record anyway so uh and a lot of those guys as i mentioned as we went through the rosters are seeing the, the field so it's exciting year it's a very different year from us you know not sort of feeling like we're in contention for the first time in the mcveigh era so but it has been uh you know a pleasant surprise so far as i you know it sounds like it has been for you guys as